Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. I want to say welcome to you guys this morning. We will start a three-week series on what we believe God wants us to emphasize at restoration for this coming season. It's something that we have been doing in the past season, but we also felt like God wants us to continue to emphasize for the upcoming season. Those three things are prayer, worship, and biblical relationship within the local church. I know, I want to encourage you guys, if you have been here for any amount of time, you know, you always, you guys always talking about prayer, you're always talking about worship, you're always talking about fellowship, but those are the things that we see within scriptures in terms of what makes a local church, and we want to practically walk it out and follow the design and the pattern that was set out in scriptures. Uh, we can always come up with great ideas, but those ideas are from us. We want to follow what God is speaking to us and through us and see what Scripture is saying. So we will be talking about about prayer for this morning. Next Sunday, we will talk on worship and then uh, community after that. Prayer is, as you may already know, is a crucial foundation for all followers of Jesus Christ, not just at restoration. I know we take it very seriously, but in general, All Christians should take prayers very seriously. And I believe it's always good for us to be reminded of its importance or the the necessity of prayer. Uh, Also, this is something that Jesus did often. But we see that Jesus went off by himself and praying often. We see that in Luke uh, 5.16. So if if this is something that Jesus did often, the Son of God, while he was here on earth, we need to follow his example in spending time in prayer often. Not just, oh, maybe I can fit in two minutes here. Not if I can squeeze in five minutes there between my breaks or between you know, my walk to get coffee and coming back to my desk. We need, to, we need to make it a priority and do it often. And prayer was how Jesus knew what the Father wanted to say, what him to say and to do. Right? I think we know that, right? Jesus said, I only say what the Father wants me to say and I only do what the Father wants me to do. And the only way that Jesus was able to say that is because he spent time in prayer. And so prayer was crucial in how Jesus remaining one with the Father. And it's a good reminder for us that we need to remain in prayer often to know what Jesus wants us to do and to say and to remain one with him. So this is a vast topic with, with many books written on prayer. So I don't pretend to say that I know it all, and I will not be able to cover so many different topics regarding prayer, but I would try to bring it all together, hopefully, and try to simplify it down in one sermon. Uh, We have done a series on prayer in the past, and and we've done a series that took four weeks, so to bring it down into one week was challenging for me. Uh, But anyway, prayer is a way for, if I can say this, and if you can stay focused for just the next five seconds. Prayer is a way for us to grow in our revelation and our understanding of God. Right? We need to draw near, draw closer to the one constant person that is Jesus. So prayer is how we grow more into the image of Christ. And we'll talk more about prayer, but that's one way for us to grow more and more into the image of Jesus. Keep in mind, just like everything else, Prayer must be in line with scriptures and under the teaching and the authority of scriptures. Uh, We want to make sure we say that because I have seen places where people will go up and pray and speak up many things and it's contradictory to what scripture says. So everything must be under and in line with scriptures. I want to make sure I also say that too. Uh, But prayer is a way for us to find a solid footing. You know, for me, and I'm trusting that's for all of you guys too, is when I don't spend enough time in prayer, you feel a little bit uncertain. 
like, what's going on? What am I doing? What should I be doing? The, the foundation seems to be a little bit shifting around. But if we spend time in prayer, the foundation is more solid for us to stand on. We can be more secure, more solid, more, more confident in what we're doing and who we are and what God has called us to do. Uh, because there's so many changes going on right now around us. Right? So many changes. COVID. There was COVID. There's no COVID. There's COVID. It's there again. One variant, next variant. Uh, there used to be Ukraine war dominate, dominate, dominated the news. And then suddenly you don't see it again. But it's still going on. And so it would come back up again. There's so many things. It's like the inflation. The gas price is up. It's down. It's coming back up. Inflation. There's so many things that are constantly changing. But one thing that we know is never changing is Jesus. And prayer will help us to be reminded of that. Uh, it's how we also know the plans that God has for each of us. As I was saying earlier, is when we spend time in prayer, we grow in our revelation of him, but also we grow in our understanding of what God has for us also. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. I know you guys have heard this before. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Verse 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I want to very briefly talk about captivity. It's like I'll, it's like I'll restore you back. What it meant is I'll restore you back to the original state. As in Adam and Eve, we were walking with God. We were speaking with God. We were communicating with God. So if we spend time in prayer, we will have a revelation of his plans, the hope and the future that he has for us. That's why we will grow in our confidence and our security of who he is. And then we will be restored back to our original state, right? Original status. God will bring us back from captivity of all the blinders and the doubts and the fears and the lies will fall off. And we will find our faith in God. So to most people, if I can speak very bluntly about prayer, Prayer is a petition to God in word or thought. That's pretty much what prayer is to most people. So this implies that prayer is a means for us to try to get something for ourselves from God. As in, when things are tough or we are in need of breakthrough, right, whatever that breakthrough is, whether it's health, finance, uh, emotional struggles, relational struggle, professional struggle, financially, um, but th- this is not incorrect. I want to make sure that this is not incorrect in terms of petition for things. It's correct. As sons and daughters, we should be able to come before our God anytime and ask for things. Because I know my sons and daughters ask me for things all the time. <laughs> However, this definition of prayer that most people have, a petition to God in word of thought, is far, far short of what a biblical definition of what prayer is. There's so much more to it when we talk about prayer. It is only one of the many, many aspects for what we should know as prayer. Here are just just some of them. There's so many. I'm just going to list a few for you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 12, we just read this. "Then Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Number one, so know that God will listen to us. Jesus will listen to us. But that's number one. Jesus is the key. People tell me all the time, like, our prayers are with you. And those, I know they don't believe in God. It's like, who are you praying to? Right? And who's listening? I don't know who's listening. But thank you for saying that, though. But I don't want to get into a theological debate with them. But that's something that we know. Like, we have Jesus. We have God. He will listen to us. There is a God. He's alive. And he will listen to us. Uh, Jeremiah 33 Three, call to me and I will answer you. See, he will answer us. And tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Tell you great unsearchable things. There's so many things we don't know, right? And when we come and spend time with God and speak to him, he will tell us of these things. Instead of someone else or the news tell us, be worried. Hey, go out there and buy toilet paper. No, God will tell us. And, well, he's not going to tell us to go buy toilet paper. But what I'm trying, that was actually a really not a good illustration. But let God tell us of the great and unsearchable things 
we do not know and trust in him, right? Um, Matthew 6, 8, when we pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. I think we all know this. God is all-knowing, all-knowing. We don't need to keep on babbling. We don't need to feel like I, I cannot articulate what I wanted to say. It doesn't matter. God already knows. Don't feel, I hear this all the time. Uh, well, I don't pray because I, I, I'm not very articulate. It doesn't matter. If you listen to me, you would know that I'm not articulate. So it doesn't matter. God already knows what we're going to say. Trust in that. Don't use that as an excuse anymore because I had to face the fact. It's not about how articulate your prayer is. It's your heart. That's what matters. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious. I can't say this. You guys know what I'm saying, right? You can see the back there. About anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So don't be anxious. That's mean worry about the things that we don't have. Don't worry about the things that we don't have, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So remember the, about the things that we do have. Don't worry about the things that we don't have. Be thankful for the things that we have. Because that is something that we tend to, myself included, right? I, you look around and you see so-and-so have this, or that church have that, or this person had this, or so whatever. But we need to remember and be thankful for what we do have. Keep that in mind when we pray. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. You see, that's again. Rejoice always. As in, be delight. Be delight in what we have, right? Give, be joyful in what we have. Be thankful for what we have. That's what prayer is also including. Yes, it's okay for us to ask for things, but be joyful. Rejoice in what we have. Be thankful for what we have. Um, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We can actually do a whole series on pray in the Spirit. We must pray in the Spirit because through Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit within us. A lot of time we just regurgitate what we want in the flesh versus trusting that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and speak out the things that we're trusting for, the things that God has planned for each and every one of us. Um, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is uh, Romans 8, 26. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world skin, intercedes for us. See, that is also another way to not worry whether we are being articulate or we know what to say or how to say it or to say it well. The Holy Spirit will intercede for us. Trust in that. Right? Instead of, well, what should I say? Let the Holy Spirit lead us and intercede for us and tell us what to do. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, Psalms 40, verse 9 and 10. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Right? I want to emphasize, I proclaim. It's like I declare, I yell out, I speak out. I let all those around me know your faithfulness, and your saving help. So, if, if you've been taught all your life to just, well, pray in silence or pray quietly all the time, that is in contradictory to this verse. I proclaim to the great assembly. I mean, there's only one way for us to interpret this, right? How can you proclaim something if you don't speak? Thank you. Your faithfulness I do not seal my lips when it comes to Jesus. So if we stay silent, we're keeping our lips sealed. That's why we always want to have corporate prayer. We want to pray. We want to pray out loud. We want to proclaim his goodness and his faithfulness. And then maybe one last one, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, 
Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So have the confidence to know if, you, if we, not you, if we listen to the Holy Spirit, if we being led by the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, God will hear us because God is spirit. And he will intercede for us. And look at this. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us, right? Because if, if we ask for something and it doesn't happen, it's contradictory to scriptures, to this verse right here. So the only possible answer is maybe what I ask for is not in according to what he is telling us to ask for. We're not submitting ourselves to his will. We're not submitting ourselves to his kingdom and what his plans and his purpose for us. So these are just some of the many examples on prayer. Um, I want to use an illustration to help us understand. I think you guys, we all have like a smartphone now, right? Whether it's iPhone, Android, flip phone, who knows what. I only know how to use 5% of my capabilities for the iPhone. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm the Asian guy. I'm, suppo I'm supposed to be know all this technology. I'm, I'm supposed to be really good. But I only know not even 5%. Read email, phone call, text, and... Uh, maybe check social media once in a while. That's it. I don't even have a game. Oh, actually, I do have a game. Actually, the game I have because my kids put it on my phone so they can play it. I don't even have a game on my phone. So what we need to do is, yes, the iPhone, that's fine. We don't need to know all the capabilities. But prayer, we must, not we should, maybe. We must know all the things there to know about prayer so we can utilize it, activate it, because that's how we speak with the Almighty God and hear from Him. So the, the reason that we should pray often like Jesus, also one more thing is because we should pray often because God loves us and He loves our company. It's difficult to hear that, right? Because sometimes I'm in a bad mood. I don't want to be around people. But I have a little nugget of truth for you. God wants to be with you even when you don't want to be around anyone else, especially during that time. He wants to be with us. Jesus prayed that we would understand that in John 17, 26. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known. Will continue to make you known. The Son of God will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Jesus is continuously praying so then the love that God has for this Jesus will be in us so we can understand that. Isn't that amazing? Augustine said this, God loves everyone as if there were no one else to love. Let that sink in. God loves Liam like there was no one else to love. God loves Dan. Like there was no one else to love. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Because we just got through the series of the, the significance of Jesus, of how amazing Jesus is. The first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, his glory, right? John felt as though he was dead when he saw Jesus in all his glory. John is someone that actually spent time with Jesus, saw all the incredible miracles. He actually saw Jesus ascended into heaven, but when he saw Jesus in all his glory, he felt as though he was dead. Because he was so amazed and so scared. But Jesus loves us like there was no one else to love. Isn't that amazing? So with, if we know that, how can we not want to spend time with him and be with him? He wants to be our friend. You know, he wants to, to speak to us face to face, right? To take you back from captivity. Like, like when he used to speak to Adam and Eve. Like he used to speak, spend time with Moses and Abraham, right? He, he said that. Um, as a man speak to his friend, Exodus 33, uh, verse 11, when he spoke about Moses. And he, he spoke about um, uh, Abraham as in, he's my friend. And Jesus even called us his friends. I have called you friends. John 15. So we talked about all those things that Jesus wants us to do, uh, prayer, what is it like. However, we must always, always remember who God is when we enter into prayer with him. Because we are about to enter into a conversation with the Almighty God, who is all-knowing, 
who created the universe, created every fiber being, not just in me, but in you and in everyone else. And he knows all of our thoughts before we even speak them out, right? Think back about the significance of Jesus, his holy, his majesty, his power, his righteousness, his glory. That is who we are about to uh, spend time with. I mean, using a simple illustration, of a practical illustration, if, if let's say the president of the United States, uh, forget the political, you know, like, dislike that you have. Let's say the p- president of the United States can say, hey, Hugh is my friend. But when I talk to him, there's still a level of respect, right? I, I hope there's still a level of, level of respect when we address the president, even if he considers us friends. So just imagine when God... The Almighty God wants to spend time with us. There's still a level of understanding of who he is and who we are talking to. I see too many people get too casual. It's like, yeah, God's my buddy, my, my bro. Like, no, no. Let's remember who God is. Remember who he is. If, you remember, if we remember who he is, we would not call him bro or mate or what have you. So the best way to remind ourselves of this truth of who Jesus is, who God is, is to repeat the Lord's Prayer. I think we all know this. Whether you go to church or not, we all know this, right? Luke 11 or Matthew 6. This is what Jesus told the disciples when they asked him to teach them how to pray. We can break down these verses and go through them, but what I want to emphasize for this morning is the importance of the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. It is to acknowledge who God is. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Thank you for our daily bread. Be reminded of his provision for us. Be grateful for his forgiveness. Thank you for forgiveness of sin and help us to forgive others. If we get into that mindset, prayer will be completely different. Instead of asking for, God, can I get a raise? You know, God, can I just like... uh, have this or have that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Put that in our perspective and then ask for the little things that we're trusting for. And it will seem like, "Mm, I think those things are pretty petty, so to speak. This goes for me too. This goes for me too. So we need to remember this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, when we pray in order to remind ourselves of this truth until it is ingrained within us within our heart. And, and you guys may have seen me uh, or heard me do this often. Is first and foremost, is always need to acknowledge who God is. First and foremost. It doesn't matter what we're trusting for, what we're praying for. We need to acknowledge and remember and remind ourselves of who Jesus is and who our Father is within our hearts. Get this ingrained in our heart, in our soul. And even if you just automatically speak it out, that's okay. Because it's within us unconsciously. Get this ingrained within us. Because this will remind us to not jump so quickly into asking for what we want. But then it will remind us of, God, what do you want for me to do in this situation, even though I can't stand it, I can't handle it, I hate it. But what do you want me to do in this situation? Uh, some of the quick ingredients on how to pray is um, position ourselves and our heart accordingly. I want to emphasize our heart accordingly. We need to position our hearts because we need to bring our humbleness or, uh, and our surrender into the process because it is the essential ingredient, the main ingredient in actually praying. So if we're praying from a place of, of thinking that we know it all or thinking that we're so much better, pretty much stop. I would encourage you guys, please stop. We have to be humble. Humble ourselves so we can hear God and surrender to what he has to say to us. Remember the pattern that putting God first, right? Unfortunately, and and, and I'm being vulnerable here, is being vulnerable for me usually trips me up, so I know it trips a lot of people up if we are really honest with ourselves. It's not an easy thing to do, to be vulnerable, right? To be humble, meaning open ourselves up for uh, criticism, for judgment, showing weakness, right? So like, oh, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to ask for things. That is being humble. But you say it out loud anyway. 
I don't know what to say, God, but teach me how to say things. And I'm going to do it anyway because you are encouraging me and I'm letting other people know that I don't know what to do or what to say. It's an extremely difficult position to be in. You know, this is not the same thing as false humility. It's just talk. You talk like you're humble, but humbleness is true humbleness. Is that a term? Is that even a word? True humility, thank you, is showing a weakness and, and, and if I can say it, be willing to make changes. Be willing to make, if we just say like we're humble, we don't know this, but we have no intention of making any changes to get better or to grow or to be stretched, that's not humbleness. That's not humility at all. Be willing to, so that's kind of like talking the talk, right? You talk about how humble you are, you humility, you, you're vulnerable, you, you're willing to learn, but that you have no intention of changing, no intention of making correction, no intention of, Jesus, if this is what the Bible says, this is what I want to do. Versus, well, I'm, I want to be obedient to God, but, you know, it's difficult right now. So maybe a couple years from now, I'll be obedient to him. Willing to make tough changes. No one likes that. I will be the first to tell you guys. If you have been here any amount of time, I've shared this. I was very independent growing up. I grew up on my own, put myself to school, raised myself. So when you have that independent mindset, when someone else came along to tell you what to do and how to do things, in this case, God, it's my pride took a big hitting. It's like, whoa, where were you? I put myself through high school, God. But the point is, there's a reason for the things that we have. So we must be willing to make changes regardless, regardless of what people say or what they think. Because if we know who God is, we surrender to him, then we will be able to make changes. It's not easy. I'll be the first to admit that. If someone tells you that it's really easy, they may be lying to you. It's not easy. It's tough to make changes, especially tough changes that have been ingrained within us. Okay, I don't want to beat that horse to death. Yeah. So, so be humble per the Bible. Like I said, per the Bible, is the, like what? The Bible talks about being the Beatitudes, right? Poor in spirit, needy, afflicted, uh, lowly, uh, lowly. The Beatitudes. We must be humble because that was the first thing that Jesus said on the Beatitude. But if we're not, if we're not humble, it will be very difficult for us to pray out what God wants us to do. Because we will have a tendency to say, praying out what we want people to do, what we want people to say. We're not letting God work those things out. Uh, if, if we're not humble, it will be difficult for us to pray out loud. I can say this. It's if, you know, we, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I think in general, majority of Christians that I have seen struggle with praying out loud. It's because we're being vulnerable to people around us, right? We don't want people to hear what we are praying, whether we don't know how to pray or how we pray. But we need to be humble to get through that hurdle and to say, I don't really care what people think. I care about what God thinks and what God wants me to do. That is biblical humbleness and humility. And if we're not willing to be humble and make changes, it'll be difficult for us to pray for others in front of them. Right? Letting go of being in control and letting God use us to speak into the things that God has for them. Sometimes I remind myself a lot, this is, it's not about you, Hugh. It's not about you. And I think it's a really good um, suggestion. Someone had told me that, and I've, I've learned that, is it's not about you. What God wants to use you or me by speaking life into others. So it's not about me. It's not about how I sound, what I do, or what I know, what to do or not. It's not about me. It's about how God wants to use us to speak into others to bring breakthrough, to bring salvation, to bring revelation, to show others of God's glory. So it's not about you. That's when we step aside and have humility. That's when wisdom will come through. You know, that's when miracles and breakthrough will come. So people can see that, oh, Hugh, there's no way that you could know that. But you're speaking out those things. So that must be something else. And then we can share about the gospel. You know, it's necessary to be vulnerable 
and have some humility, it allows us to be teachable, and very importantly here, teachable by God. Be teachable by God. We know that being humble is exalted in the kingdom of God. Right? God wants us to be humble so he can teach us, help us. Hey, you have been doing this thing for so long. You're falling back in the pattern of your father, of your mother, of your parents, of the generation that come before you. No, listen to me. I have a hope and a future for you. Follow my plans, not the things that you have seen for the past five, seven generations. Follow me. That's what when we, be, when we are humble, God will exalt us. Isn't that amazing? Luke 18, 14. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So this is not the same as false humility, right? We talked about that a little bit. Talk humble but had no intention to, to learn, to change, to grow. We must remember who we're talking to. So when God wants us to do something or say something, do it. Get out of the way and be willing to change. Once we hear from God, I think when we have a conversation with God, he's, and he will tell you, hey, Hugh, you haven't spent enough time getting to know me as in reading the Bible. I was like, oh, well, I'm busy, right? I have two jobs. I have three kids. I have traveling, blah, blah. That sounds like an excuse. Hum- humility is, yes, God, you are right. You're always right. I need to find time to get to know more of you. That's just an example. That does happen too, by the way, just so you guys know. <laughs> just to be honest with you guys. Um, and we need to be humble so that we can acknowledge of who God is. If we're not being humble or vulnerable, humble before God, more importantly, so we can be teachable, so we can change, so we can step into some more of what God has for us. Because God, so, God knows things that we don't know. So trust in him. He knows the future, right? Um, Isaiah 55, 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Trust that he knows more, that he knows what's good for us. Being vulnerable or humility does not, does not mean always staying back or being timid. Or let others say or go before us. I do want to stress that because I've seen there's a backfootedness, and people have used the excuse of, well, I'm just being humble, so I'm letting other people do things. No, being humble is not backfooted. I want to say that again. Being humble is not being backfooted, right? Humble is humble to God, but be willing to be forceful. Be willing to advance. Be willing to change. Be willing to step out. Be willing to lead. Go where God calls us to go. Being humble is not being timid or staying back. It's, it should not mean that we as followers get trampled or are using that as an excuse, like, as I said, to not step out or step up or take the risk or make changes that is too difficult, too challenging to make changes to. Jesus never backed down when the Pharisees or the religious leaders challenged him. He stood his ground and he quoted scriptures back to them. He always went about doing the work of the Father, no matter how difficult or challenging they are. Right? Matthew eleven twelve, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. Being humble and humility and vulnerable only when it comes to God. But be forceful. Be front-footed and courageous when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God, when God calls us to do something, step forward, speak out, speak up. I want to encourage you guys. Don't use the term, well, I'm being humble. No, God is calling us to be courageous. It's not a time to be humble. So keep that in mind. Also, being, being humble or humility or vulnerable is absolutely necessary when it comes to praying in the Spirit. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, right? Because if we think we know what's going on, we don't need the Holy Spirit. But we don't. I have news for all of us. We don't, myself included. So we must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. I, um, I had this quote uh, up there earlier, Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. On all occasions, as in all occasions, like 100%, right? Not just in most occasions. All occasions. Pray in the Spirit. Yeah. Pray in the Spirit means that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, 
and speak out or cry out for the things that were put there by God. By God, not by us. Not to show off, not to uh, show everyone how, how, how religious we are, how spiritual we are, but by God. Speak out the things that we have. When we pray in the Spirit, it can come in different ways. And I realize I'm really, really simplifying this. But I just want to throw out some very brief examples. It's similar to the many different ways we talk or share with our loved ones, right? Um, praying in the Spirit or praying in general is, is the same as how you talk to the ones that you love or you know. You should not raise your voice and yell and scream. But every day you just talk in a normal voice. Or you shouldn't suddenly lower your voice like a way... No one can actually hear you. Talk normal. Be yourself. Uh, some of the verses on, on, uh, on praying in the Spirit, just so we, we can be familiar with this, is intelligent words, right? You, can, you can't articulate things. There's nothing wrong with that. Nehemiah 1, 5 to 11. Sometimes we pray in the Spirit. We pray in tongues. And I know the topic of tongues can be controversial, but Scripture said this. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, like in groaning. When we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit is groaning. We're just groaning for the things that are to come, right? When we cry out, cry out Hebrews uh, 5, 7. Also, we can pray silently. We can pray silently. But this is one of the ways. But too often, people have fallen back on this just to pray silently. And I hope you catch my heart of what I'm trying to communicate across this. Prayer is many different forms, not just one. So when we search for the Holy Spirit, pray out the things that he has put in our hearts and be in tune with him, we'll find rest and peace that way because we would know, oh, this is what God wants? He knows better, so I'm not as worried anymore because this is where God is taking us. Also, when we pray in the Spirit, the thing that we pray or ask for will be given to us, as I said earlier, when we ask according to his will. 1 John 5, 14. Whatever we ask, if it's according to his will, it will happen. So the Holy Spirit is an incredible advantage we have as followers of Jesus Christ. It's, it's almost like I have my iPhone. I'm coming up this illustration on the top of my head, so hopefully you guys are with me. It's almost like I have my iPhone, but I refuse to use it. I would rather go somewhere and find a landline to call my wife. That's what it's like is... We have this incredible advantage, but we decide, you know, I, I'm old school, so I need to talk to someone, and I need a landline because I'm worried that the uh, EMF, the electromagnetic, uh, I forget what the F stands for, will just cause me brain cancer. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it's an incredible advantage that we have as followers of Jesus. So use that. Pray in the Spirit. We cannot pray in the Spirit without Jesus. So if we don't want the Holy Spirit, we can't pray in the flesh because God is spirit. Okay, very briefly on how to pray individually and corporately. Um, there's so much that I want to share, so I'm trying to just skip through that. Okay, individually, remember the Lord's Prayer. Put God's kingdom and his will first. Right? Prayer looks different for everyone. Some people, when you pray during prophetically, some people will have images. Some people will have, I'm actually always being jealous of people who have images, by the way. It's so cool, right? So you have an image of what God has. It's like, wow, that's so awesome. Maybe because I'm visual. It's like, I want to have an image too. Uh, some people will have just words, like, certain, like one word, like freedom or uh, uh, job or something. Some people will have a word like that, and it's okay. It's different for everyone. Sometimes people will have a song. I know Marie has songs. She has lots of songs when she prays. Some people just have that. It's not a bad thing. That's just how God speaks and reveals to us. And some people will have scriptures. Actually, that may be really awesome. Just have a scripture. It's like suddenly I just have the scripture for you. Trust it. Don't add any more to it. Whatever God has, just say it. Don't try to interpret it. Don't try to explain it to other people because you probably will explain it incorrectly. Just share what we have. So, again, prayer looks different for everyone else. We should not become someone else. I said this earlier because otherwise it will look like you have multiple personality, which is kind of freaky, right? I think we all have been to places of seeing people. Suddenly they just become someone else as they are praying. Like the Holy Spirit has me. It's like, no, we have control of what's going on, of what's going on and what's happening. Um, some of the simple tips is we must be willing to put aside our own desires, ambition, and needs. Put that aside. 
It doesn't mean that God doesn't want those things to happen, but put those things aside. Acknowledge God first so we can find his will in the things that he has us to do. Um, quiet our thoughts. Don't babble. We talked about this, right? Ask God to speak to us. Keep going on and on and on as we pray. It's like droning on and on. Uh, we, that's not how we develop relationship with someone, right? Just an example, Toby and Diamond. I mean, Diamond wouldn't want Toby to just keep on babbling on and on and on about, not that he would ever, but she wouldn't like that. So it's the same with us. We shouldn't do that with God. Uh, meditations. Meditation biblically means don't empty your mind. Right? I know you hear this all the time uh, with the Eastern teaching is empty your mind. Do not empty your mind. If I cannot stress anymore, it's important. Do not empty your mind. It's dangerous. Meditation is to focus, devote ourselves to scriptures. That's what biblical meditation is. So if we think you go do yoga and you do Pilates and whatever, it's like just meditate and empty your mind. Do not empty your mind because when we empty our mind, other things will come in. So trust in that. Psalms 119 verse 90 said, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Focus on God's word. Focus on scripture. Do not, please do not empty your mind. Uh, next thing is if you don't know what to say, just read the Bible. If you don't know what you want to pray, you don't want to read the Bible. Read scriptures out loud. Read it back to us. Read it to others. Uh, God would never tell us to do something that's contrary to scriptures. I said that earlier. And if you don't know, are you unsure? Look it up in scripture. Ask others around you. Trust what we hear from God and live it out. He is God and he knows what he is doing. <laughs> he knows. It sounds funny, right? God knows what he's doing. And he will make the way. He will make the way if he's telling us to do something. He will make the way. He will equip us. He will provide for us. He will show us. He will protect us. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. I know we have heard that before. When we make a decision for God, a lot of time it doesn't seem very practical. But trust in his spirit. It's not by might, not by power. It's not because of what we're capable of or our abilities, how strong we are, how much money we have, or how much we know, but by the Spirit of God. He will accomplish his plans. But he wants us to tune our heart and our ears to him so we can partner with him. Um, and very briefly, corporately, when we pray corporately, which we just did on Wednesday, which was an amazing corporate time, by the way, for those who were there, is all those things that I just listed to you, right, individually, spending time with God, hearing from God, and all of us coming together, and suddenly we realize God is speaking the same thing. God is speaking the same thing to everyone. And when we come together and when we start praying those things out, and then we realize, oh, this is the same theme. And that is when we see Psalms 133 will come through. Is he's pouring out his blessing when people come together in unity. His people coming together in unity. Um, so that's the reason why also we come together is to hear together, corporately, to hear God's plan for us at restoration. To hear what he has for us, his vision, his plan, and also strategy also. We can always come up with many strategies. You know, we have many business people. We have many intelligent people. We can come up with many different strategies, but we want to follow his strategy. And a lot of time, when we come together as corporately to pray together, his strategy will be made clear to all of us. And that will help us to come together, pull together, and push through and pursue the things that he has for restoration. Um, I want to end with some, some very practical tips on handles about praying. Is Number one, God does not make things complicated. We do. We have so many books on prayer. We have so many books on prayer. He does not make it complicated. Just remember, it's all about God. It's not about us. It's not about me. Right? And do it often. Jesus did it often. Do it often. I mean... Can I just maybe use uh, someone example? Dan and Clara, right? They've been away for a little while. Now they're together. I mean, I'm pretty sure they would not go longer than a day without talking to each other. That's right. Good answer. So do it often because that's the same thing with us. God loves us so much as if there was no one else to love. So he wants us to speak to him often. 
right? Pray out loud by ourselves. I want to encourage everyone to do this. That's how I had the courage to pray out loud. I wish I could tell you of how nervous and how scared I was the first time that I prayed out loud. It was scary. It was nerve-wracking. It's like, what am I supposed to say? Am I saying the right thing? Am I supposed to be able to explain myself? But it doesn't matter. Do it at home. Pray out loud with God, and he will show us the way. So when it's time to pray for others, it will come out easily. Just like anything else, right? Practice. When you play, play like you practice. I, I'm, I love sports. You guys know that. I always use sports analogy. Practice like you play. So when game time, you play like you've been practicing. Pray for others according to what God has put on our hearts. No more, no less. I know we believe in prayer. I know everyone pray here. So, so when someone asks you to pray for something, pray just what God has for you. Don't try to tell people what to do through your prayer. Don't try to have an agenda on people through your prayer. Don't try to show how spiritually you know, mature you are. Just pray for what God has for you. And listen to the small voice and trust it. I love this verse, James 4, 8. Uh, this is the, tra- pas- the Passion Translation. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Even closer to you. But the second half, second half is a challenging part. But make sure you cleanse your life you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. So as we move closer to God, he will come even closer to us. But see, this is talk the talk, right? Now we got to walk the walk. Make sure you cleanse your life. Live our life according to scriptures. Live our life according to scriptures. We can pray magnificently, but if we don't live our lives according to scriptures, it means nothing. I know that's a strong statement, but it means nothing. So live our lives according to scriptures and move ourselves closer to God, right? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's the NIV, NIV translation. So trust in that. When we spend time with God, he will speak to you. Don't have doubt. That is how I always remind myself. When I have something, you know, I have been spending time with God. Suddenly I sense something. It's not coincidence. It's not this or that. It's from God. So trust in it. And the only way to trust in what you hear, whether it's from God or not, is spend time with God. Because if you don't spend time with God, what you hear probably is not from him. May not be from him. I don't want to say probably. And lastly, no scriptures. There's not, no substitute for this ever. No substitute for this. Ever. Did I say that? There's no substitute for this. Um, all right, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm on the last, last page right now. D.L. Moody has this, and I love it. I, I love this. It's, I always tell myself this all the time. Only when we get serious with God can we expect an answer. So if you expect an answer from God, get serious with him. If you don't get serious with him, It's difficult to have an answer from him. Only when we get serious with God can we expect an answer. So let us be a praying church. That's our heart is for us to love Jesus passionately, worship him passionately, but also a church, a praying church. Be serious with Jesus, forcefully advancing his kingdom, right? Humble to God, but be forceful to advance his kingdom. Not just a church that knows about prayer, but a church of people who are praying often, not only praying often, but actually pursuing and walking out the things that God has called us to do. I know we say this all the time, but we pray for this building. We had no means, no rights, no finance, no anything. Ask anyone else and they will tell you, do not buy this building. But we spent time in prayer. We trust in him. We have this building now. I will repeat this 10 years from now because that was a step of faith that we took and we see the result, right? So for us, continue to grow in that. And we can only have faith and step out when we know it's from God because otherwise it would be very foolish for all of us. 
and let us be a church full of active prayers, if I can encourage all of us. You know, I know it's okay to pray in silence because that's what Scripture said, one of the ways to pray. But also proclaim His goodness. Pray out loud. Speak out to the assembly. Do not seal our lips of who God is. If, 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 I can, if I can use it, this is not biblical, by the way. This is not. So I just want to use this illustration to help us understand it. This is the last illustration right here. Baby Christians are those who are somewhat timid with their prayer. Mature Christians are confident. Right? We come confidently before God. We proclaim his goodness. We know who he is. We spent time with him. We trust in him. We go where he tells us to go. Baby Christians, well, I don't really know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Should I just stay here? Babies in general are dependent on adults, right? But we want to be adults in terms of our prayer life so we can make decisions and live differently. Because that's what God wants us to do, right? We're supposed to live differently. We don't belong here. We're foreigners in this place. So we can forcefully advance his kingdom. Baby's not going to advance anything, anywhere, in any circumstances, in any industry, spiritually or not. But mature, strong warriors will advance God's kingdom. That's the only way. That's the only way. Well, anyway, let me end on that. I, I, I was about to go somewhere else. So, um, why don't we guys stand? Stand up. I know it's, it's, uh, it's going on much longer than I had planned, but, um, but I just want to pray that we will be a church who are able to hear God, because when we pray, we're able to hear God and faithfully live out his plans and his purpose for each of us, both individually and corporately. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. Thank you for for what you are doing. We want to acknowledge first and foremost that you is the one that we pursue after. You are the one that we follow. We're the one that we want to shape our lives around, Lord. And we're so thankful for what all that you have done. We're so thankful for what you are doing and we're so thankful for what you will do in this place. And we pray that you will reveal a greater understanding of who you are to us, that we will grow in our revelation of you, God. We will grow in our understanding of you, that we will grow in our prayer life with you, Lord Jesus, so we can have a greater understanding of the plans and the purpose that you have for us and know that we have a hope and a future in you, Lord Jesus, not in our jobs, not in our boss, not in our finance, not in our abilities, not in the academic degrees that we have, or what we know, or where we were born, or what we look like, or what we sound like, but we find hope in you and know that there's a future for us in you and through you, God. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and just continue to speak to your people, always, that our prayer life will be a foundation for our lives, for all those around us. We know that we will always pray and hear from you before any big decision because we only want to do and go where you tell us to go. We only want to do and go where you tell us to go, Lord. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. We pray to all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 